0: Unspoken
1: issues.
0: Here we go. This was number one unanimously for us, too, <laughs> okay? We both chose Savage Dragon, number one, by Eric Larson. Before we get into this issue, let me just kind of set things up for you. I think that I got the first issue of the ongoing. Did not realize... I remember, I, I, maybe I was going through Wizard or, <sighs> or something, where I was seeing the covers for these first three issues in this mini series and i was like where are these at I, I i can't find these i didn't know these came before so you I thought lo-
1: the first issue of the regular series was just the first dragon
0: right issue. i had no idea that of, of anything that came before the regular series i think i might have lucked into or happened upon the is the third issue the one with megaton man
1: no that's a one shot that's okay. just savage dragon versus megaton man
0: well, then I'm completely confused. I think it might have the <laughs> I, I might have the bedrock issue, which is that the third issue?
1: That's the third issue. Yeah.
0: OK. All right. I think I have that issue and I was trying to figure out how that fit in to the and it was a. Uh, I remember the the production of those comics, their production, the feel. What is the word I'm looking for here where <laughs> like the, your car, you got your cardstock covers you're embossed and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And the pages are definitely slicker glossy pages. Thank you. You don't <laughs> have that in the dragon miniseries, do you? They are right, they... None of
1: the early image uh, books had the glossy pages. Those didn't come in. I believe Youngblood number four was the first glossy page Youngblood. And I think the dragon number one was the first dragon with glossy pages of the regular series. Okay. I think Wildcast didn't have glossy pages until issue four or sorry, issue five, which is when it picked back up after the series. the initial miniseries was over. So, yeah, it was it was several months in before they they started doing the higher production, everything with glossy pages and everything. Got it. OK, so that makes sense. They did have and- higher quality paper for the direct market books, because I actually when I initially pulled out my Cyberforce issue for to, to reread for this. I have a newsstand copy, and I immediately okay. noticed like it was lower quality. So I dug huh. out, I checked, and I did have another copy of Cyber Force that was a, a direct edition. And it's not glossy paper, but it is a higher quality paper than what like the newsstand issues have. Uh, and then eventually they switched over to the glossy pages, which is like the highest quality or whatever.
0: Got it. Well,
1: these are yeah. details that everyone needs to know. Obviously.
0: Well, uh, they're saying, I mean, <laughs> yeah, people are way better for knowing this. What you're describing led to my confusion as to why does this book feel different compared to uh, the one i just read like this is issue 3 of i thought it was issue 3 of the ongoing series like you know that's not the case that's not what happened here with so yeah i'm getting the first issue of the ongoing and then i start realizing that there are uh, there was this mini series that had come out i think i tracked those down I don't know if I got them in auctions or if I got them separately somehow. Like, we have a little rinky, well, the name of the place is called Rinks, but we call it Rinky Dinks. It's a flea market. There's flea market Mm -hmm. vendors in there, and uh, I think I found some issues there at the flea market at one time.
1: But anyway. Uh, The interesting thing, just for me personally, is I've read the Savage Dragon trade countless times. But there's... Difference in the trade from the first three issue miniseries because the first three issue miniseries uh, is done nonlinear where there are flashbacks and stuff like that. And when he put right. the trade, when Eric Larson made the first Dragon trade paperback, he reshuffled the pages to make everything in chronological order.
0: Interesting.
1: And then he also added a few pages here and there, and then he added the backup store or the dragon story from image comics number zero um, okay. to the very end, which kind of in image number zero, uh it was like a five page story that bridged the gap between the mini series and the regular series. And he included that in the in the trade. So it's kind of neat to go back and read this issue kind of in a different order. I haven't read the single issues probably in over 20 years. So it was kind of interesting <laughs> to go back and reread it this uh this way for this. Wow. Um, The cover really cool. And we get two taglines on the cover first brutal issue. (laughs) And at the bottom intense action from Eric Larson. Oh,
0: is it ever do our listeners a favor? I mean, as if we can't just say, Hey, Savage dragon. And you guys figure it out. <laughs> you have to explain to them what the Savage Dragon looks like, who this guy is.
1: Well, I mean, my initial response to Savage Dragon when I saw images of him, I'm pretty sure was like, this guy is just, just the Hulk. <laughs> like, he's just a Hulk clone, but he's got a big mohawk thing on his head because he's uh, he's a big muscle, muscular, green skinned guy. He's bald, but he's got a big like fin on the top of his head, kind of like a mohawk. You know, he's wearing blue jeans and like a wife beater. So you can't tell from the cover. But although Dragon is like ridiculously proportioned as far as like his shoulders and, and muscle mass, he's only like six feet tall. So he's not like a big giant guy like, you know, Bedrock, right. Badrock, whatever. Hulk, uh, or I Hulk. think Hulk.
0: Yeah. Hulk, push, yeah, Hulk pushes like seven or eight feet or something like right.
1: that. Yeah, and I think uh, he—I think he's listed maybe in a trading card or somewhere. I saw it listed a long time ago that uh, Dragon is six feet tall, six six if you include the fin. (laughs) So he's not a—he's—he's just—he's largely proportioned, but he's not a a huge guy as far as height. So
0: yeah, uh, you can picture yourself bumping into at a concert or something like that, and
1: he's (laughs) just a you know big. This guy hits the weights a little too often.
0: (laughs) Right. Let's go ahead. We'll we'll get into our. Uh, Synopsis here. So, Savage Dragon number one hits shelves June twenty fourth, nineteen ninety two. Title of the story is called Baptism of Fire. You might recognize some names here: Chris Armstrong, Mm. Uh, writer and artist Eric Larson, lettered by Christopher Chris Eliopoulos, and colored by Gregory A. Wright. Nice. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Isn't that cool? I was aware. That's some really cool stuff. So we open the book with the savage dragon in police uniform, engaging with a couple of street villains by the name of glow bug and cutthroat. And boy, do those guys have a unique look. I'll, I'll stop right here and just say savage dragons rogues gallery, which mm-hmm. I mean, when you say rogues gallery, there's probably like one or two that I can think of right off the top of my head. But you know, he <laughs> runs afoul of so many different types of villains. Yeah. I remember in the ongoing series, I loved when he encountered the, sh- I think it's the shrew, which yeah. is like, wasn't that like the rat thing? Yeah. That was he basically,
1: the- similar to like Vermin from the Spider-Man comics. Yeah. Um, but basically just like a rat man, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's basically he's covered like a werewolf, in blood. but he's a rat. At the end of this issue, we get to see, I think, Mako. dates King Shark. That That's be- right.
0: Note it down. It, so the, the, the rogues gallery of Savage Dragon villains is so deep and so varied
1: it's fantastic yeah. and and gets maybe a little too outrageous at times <laughs> <laughs> All right. well i let's see uh,
0: there you know there there is some crazy stuff that happens later in the dragon comics um you know i i was collecting when god there was god fought the devil yeah <laughs> in one of the issues um uh, Hordus, is that the name of the yeah.
1: That's a the freak force character. Freak yeah.
0: force character that they found familiar in the basement. Dung. Yeah. This sounds. This sounds really familiar.
1: <laughs> uh, he's basically uh, a fat guy with a suit that shoots. Uh, he's basically got two shit cannons on his arm.
0: <laughs> I haven't even made it through the. That's second, not so even see.
1: the grossest one.
0: Uh, who? Okay, tell me. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh! No. Okay. Well, it's then also don't. a character <laughs> known as Heavy Flow. No. No, no! Wait. I think you can guess where where that's going.
0: (laughs) That is disgusting. (laughs) This is so. Just look up heavy.
1: Just Google heavy flow savage dragon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's fantastic! I'm doing it right now. Hold on. (laughs)
0: Uh, heavy flow savage dragon. This is why I. Oh my gosh! (laughs) The image. The image search. What? In the world, oh, that is wrong. It, but welcome. again, it's another reason why I love Eric <laughs> 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 because it gets outrageous and he can do anything. I and I yeah, mentioned this, I he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah, he, I mentioned this in the other podcast that, that I was, I think, when I was talking to Bailey about it, I didn't understand how limitless independent comics could be, like they're. Pull up all seven of these issues. Look for that comics uh, comics code authority. You're not going to find it. <laughs> You're not going to find it anywhere. Uh, and that's what really drew me to Image Comics and made me become a fan again. So anyway, all right, let me get back to this synopsis. Here we go. I got distracted by Heavy Flow. Glowbug and, Glowbug and Cutthroat, uh, they engage in some serious fisticuffs and a lot of blood spray. Oh, yeah. A lot of blood spray uh, with the Savage Dragon. Uh, we then look back to when the dragon, uh, kind of like his origin, I guess we'd say, <laughs> where, yeah, where Dragon was found naked in a burning field by Lieutenant Frank Darling uh, of the Chicago Police Force. An amnesiac, Dragon awakes in a hospital bed, unable to answer most of Darling's questions. Later that night, as Frank is telling his wife of the day's events, the news reports how the hero Super Patriot had been hospitalized, giving Darling the idea to bring Dragon onto the Force, a request that Dragon refuses. Looking to persuade him, Darling gets Dragon a job at his cousin's warehouse, but then sends some super thugs or pays some super thugs to shake him down while the Dragon is present, hoping that would motivate Dragon to join the Force. However, things get out of hand when the warehouse explodes killing Frank's cousin. Dragon agrees at that point to become a policeman, and one of his early jobs storms a hostage situation, eliminating the criminal threat with a little help from a vigilante by the name of Star. As Dragon talks to the press, some supervillains wonder what their boss's next move to protect their criminal empire will be. And that's kind of where we end it, where we got these kind of thugs just standing around, and in the background, there's this caped hooded figure. You don't really get a good look at him. I know who he, who he's going to be. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, you, you're kind of wondering what uh, what lies ahead for Savage Dragon and uh, the Chicago police force. I'm giving you the floor, sir. You, I'm throwing <laughs> you the mic. What what are your thoughts of our favorite image founder book here?
1: First, I'm curious, is, is Cutthroat? british i've just he shows up a few times in savage dragon but like our first image in the savage dragon mythos we have cutthroat getting uh, attacked from behind by dragon and he's just saying bloody hell i've never heard anybody say bloody hell that's not in a british accent so (laughs) i'm i'm i've never thought of it before until today but i think he might be british
0: he's a pirate he was pirate probably I'm going to go ahead and, I mean, he's yeah, a cut, yeah, right. he's a cutthroat. He's probably, it's got some kind of pirate. That's true. Uh,
1: yeah. I, I never even thought about that. Yeah. He's got there. the, he's got the pirate eye patch. Right, dude. That, I didn't either.
0: Look at this. Revelations yeah. happening right here on this podcast. <laughs> Unreal. But yeah.
1: Look at cutthroat's costume. Like uh, he's got two giant skulls for shoulder pads. He's got a belt and a cod piece that are skulls. Oh. Uh, he's got a bunch of knives all over him it, and They've all got skulls on the hilts. Yep. I mean, this guy loves some skulls.
0: Right, dude. And I love the fact that, like, okay, Eric is drawing this character. He's like, well, I could probably fit another knife here. Yeah. <laughs> he just keeps putting <laughs> knives on this guy. Here's a and, knife and here, he, knife there.
1: One, one of uh, Cutthroat's arms, his main weapon, his arm, I guess, has been amputated at the shoulder, and he's just right. got a gigantic... Uh, sickle, basically, a- a- at the elbow for one of his arms. So. Uh,
0: and, and this is another, I mean, it's another pirate reference, to be honest, because usually their hands are cut off and there's a hook at the end of their hand. Well, this that, guy's yeah. arm is cut off and he's just got a big, huge blade instead. <laughs> uh, so, wow, look at that. Man, we are right at the action right at the beginning of this issue. Like, oh, I mean, yeah. we're just boom right into it. There's, <laughs> there is Savage Dragon flying at this guy and his punches. This <laughs> is what Eric Larson wanted to do. One of the things that I'd found was where Eric had talked about doing the Punisher. And when he was doing when he was drawing the Punisher, he couldn't draw. And I think I may have even mentioned this on this podcast, so I apologize if I'm repeating myself. But he couldn't draw like Punisher punching a guy through a wall. <laughs> That's what he wanted to do. Right? But he he was he was handcuffed when he was doing that book because it's not what the Punisher does. So mm. this is his magnum opus. This is the thing <laughs> that he wanted to do. He wanted to. We start out and there are people getting punched and thrown around. Yeah. Women are involved and p- women are getting <laughs> punched. I mean, it's no limits, sir.
1: You know when he he shows up to take on. Uh, cutthroat and glow bug, they're just dead bodies littered all around the bad guys. <laughs> They've just murdered, <laughs> you know, I guess they're cops. He, he refers to, to them as pigs, so I'm assuming he means they look he's like cops. These cops, but uh, right. before a dragon showed up, uh, but I want to uh, shout out Chris Eliopoulos, yeah, uh, for the for the uh, for the lettering, like these sound effects, uh, are just. Awesome. And they really helped to to sell the action oh, yeah. in this fight with cutthroat.
0: I don't think there's a single panel. <laughs> there right. might be like that first one, maybe. But then there is a there, it is laden with the sound <laughs> effects just all over the place. Uh, I mean, he punched he punched him so hard. He's turned himself backwards. When I hop into the ongoing series, I have no idea about this whole origin story and how it got started. Yeah, Um, there may have been kind of discussion. So is this the first
1: time you've read this issue?
0: I think so. I, okay. I think this is the first time. I don't know. I feel like I've seen this fire thing, but I think it's alluded to a lot in the ongoing yeah. as well. And I think the whole Frank darling feeling bad that his cousin got killed. And mm-hmm. isn't there like a big, there's a big story. Like he's all worried. Savage dragons. He's worried at all. That dragon's going to find out about it.
1: And yeah, he, 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 uh, he sort of set that up. Spoilers.
0: <laughs> no, I think it sort was, of, yeah.
1: He sort of set his cousin up to get robbed just so Dragon would kind of see how bad things are and that maybe that would convince him to help right. and join the force or whatever, which worked. Right. But Frank was not aware that they were gonna blow his yeah. blow the place up. So yeah, it was kind of his fault that he got his cousin killed or whatever. But yeah. Right.
0: We get our allusions to Super Patriots. Uh, you know, we me and you talked about Super Patriot at one point on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is the actual yeah, classic Super,
1: Patriot. Super
0: Patriot. Yep, the classic. That's right. Classic Super Patriot who ends up getting... He gets messed up. He doesn't get killed. Right. He gets messed I up mean, pretty bad.
1: The, the description, the, the, the you know, Frank and his wife see it on the news. They mention Super Patriot here and then Mighty Man later uh, on another news broadcast. But, like, to just kind of hammer home how desperate Frank is and how badly they need Dragon. Because Chicago is, like, full of these super freak like superpowered a mafia style gang yeah. but they're all super powered and yep. the cops can't compete with them <laughs> right uh so the description of what happened to mighty man it says uh he was brought into the hospital today with both arms and legs crushed beyond repair and half of his face missing <sighs> And yeah. the doctors say that if he lives, he'll never walk again. Uh, so you know, of course, he comes back later as a cyborg or whatever. But yeah, Yeah,
0: super patriot coming back. I mean, it, it right there you can see on Frank's face. He's like, "What am I going to do? I right. we need every weapon that we could possibly get. <laughs> yeah. If and especially if Super Patriots having problems and he gets messed up that bad,
1: right?" The two goons that
0: show up at the freaking warehouse are weird looking.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love <laughs> skullface. he He's I forget the name of the other guy, but skullface is just what a great design. he <laughs> He's got a big like gold, you know, body armor suit, but like the his face is just like a skull with fangs, and he's got like a shock of bright red hair coming down like long hair. Uh, and interesting fact about <laughs> skullface is that, his skin and muscle are invisible. That's why he looks that way.
0: Oh, seriously?
1: Yeah, like he he has, you know, a face, but it's just invisible. You, you can can't see it. See straight down to the bone. Yeah. That
0: is crazy. I, I, I swear, like, since he was a kid, Eric's just pumping these things out. He's got this notebook full right. of all these characters. Like, which one am I going to take out today? <laughs> I, I imagine he's probably still got like three or four notebooks to go like that he made from back then. It's just this huge, wide variety of, you know, all these great looking villains and heroes too. I mean, Mighty Man's pretty cool. Um, You know, Super Patriot's a great idea for a character. Uh, We don't get a whole lot other than just the mention of him in here. But I mean, I mean, wow. But the one thing I think that sticks out to me about, you know, Savage Dragon is like he's this, in this book, it really puts him, where he's like I don't want to join the force. I just want to live. And then yeah. he kind of gets forced obviously into the position of joining so he can help battle these, you know, these villains and give humanity a chance or Chicago a chance. Mm-hmm. But uh, the uh, he's always had this kind of like Grim attitude about him, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of that happens to be the fact that he can't remember who he is. He doesn't really have a whole lot of answers. Another way to kind of compare him, attitude-wise, for me is John McClain from Die Hard. Yeah, I, yeah he's, I, I, he,
1: he's really kind of an everyman type. Yeah,
0: <laughs> right, dude. And the ordinance that apparently the Chicago police has to give this man <laughs> to make a hostage situation go away by walking through a wall. And that's pretty funny. Star, by the way, star has hair. Does he have hair in the ongoing? I swear he either shaves his head or
1: uh, no, he, he does not. Um, okay. And it's interesting how that plays out. There's a, I'm trying, I'm trying to dance around it, I, even though it's spoilers. Like it's, it's an, it's a fun storyline for people who may want to go back and read uh, the dragon series, which I definitely recommend. Right. Right. <laughs> But, yeah, there's there's a uh, a point in uh, in a uh, backup story in one of the early Savage Dragon ongoing issues. Star has a backup story where he his hair gets caught on fire while he's fighting a bad guy. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so, yeah, later he's just got like a cap, like a, oh. a, uh, a regular cap over his head, like a Spider-Man type mask.
0: I think this I mean, this is why it's easily number one for me is because of some of some of the ideas that happen in this series and some of the ideas. And granted, this is not like indicative immediately in the first issue, but just Eric Larson as a creator and some of the ideas that he comes up with and talks about in his series is just so unique and fun.
1: Well, Um, I mean, you know, this is a solo book. It's not a team book, but we have Dragon. Mako, Hellraiser, Basher. These are the bad guys on the last page. Right. Uh, Cutthroat, Skullface, Star, the other bad guy with Skullface, whatever his name was, <laughs> Mighty Man, Super mm-hmm. Patriot. Like all those characters in the first issue.
0: Right, right. And, and this is a great setup too. I mean, you got this guy who doesn't remember who he is. He's going to be a career as a super cop. I don't know if they get into it a lot in this issue. I think they do. But I mean, he's he's a by the letter of the law type of dude. What The interaction that he has with Star. I mean, he's like, I don't know, two seconds from trying to arrest Star because right. even though he showed up to help him, he's like, oh, yeah, hey, you're coming in with me. And Star's like, no, I was just here to help. See you later. And I'm, bu- and he's out. <laughs> that happens a lot with uh, Savage Dragon.
1: Yeah, Dragon has no patience for the the long underwear crowd, as he would call them. <laughs> <laughs> right. He firmly believes that if you want to fight crime, you should be a, a law enforcement officer, basically. Like, he thinks wow. young blood or a bunch of clowns, you know, <laughs> stuff like that.
0: Another milestone for me, I actually did a Source Material Comics podcast on uh, some of the Image Firsts. Uh, one of which was the first of the ongoing series for Savage Dragon. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, I own that issue. I loved. I loved from that point forward. I was like, okay, I dig this. This is it's bloody. It's very similar to what we get here. It's bloody. It's action packed. Mm-hmm. Bring it on! And then issue two of Savage Dragon, the ongoing hits. Oh yeah. Oh, oh my <laughs> lord! It's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
1: <laughs> what? Yeah, that that blew my mind because, I mean, I was right in the sweet spot for Ninja Turtle Mania. Oh, I'm still (laughs) uh, there. (laughs) the, The cartoon series premiered when I was eight years old, I think. Yeah. And the movie came out when I was 10 years old. So, I mean, I was all about the Ninja Turtles. And then by the time Image launched, I still liked Ninja Turtles, you know, because I always had, you know, but there wasn't really I think the cartoon was over by then. Uh, and
0: and at the boys were we, kind
1: of done by that point.
0: So, the Eastman and Laird Turtles, that yeah. series, was it still going on in the 90s?
1: It was, but I don't know how long into the 90s because I remember getting a copy of the like Mirage Studios style uh, Turtles book that was um, Richard okay. Corbin had done an issue of. All right. Um, and it was totally like it was a lot more. It wasn't as cartoony, you know, as the it's the Archie version, you know. Yeah. So it was like a real comic basically. Uh so that was the run in the early nineties. I'm not sure how long it went, but it wasn't a book that I was seeing a lot of because you know, the local uh comic shops were kinda rare for me to get to. I mostly got my comics off of a spinner rack at uh, Huck's, you know, by my house. So I was getting the New Charles Archie comics, but right. that was it. So when but when they showed up like you know, turtles had been my thing, and then image was my thing, and now like they're coming together and it's an yeah. tracking issues. This is this out is of the amazing. blue.
0: This is yeah. out of the blue for me. I, and and it's the red bandana like turtles. They the front cover, it, it isn't the cartoon, which I loved, but this is like, oh my gosh, this is so authentic. What what is going to mm-hmm. happen? This was this was something that was just off the chain for me. So anyway, again, another example of why. I love the Savage Dragon. Now, I collected up to probably, I think, uh, issue – Every each day the the number of the issues could vary for me because I'll, I'll <laughs> never remember. But I, I know I've got issues into the 70s and 80s, but I think faithfully collected probably through 40, issue 40, mm-hmm. and then had to stop. So wh- whenever, whatever issue we were at in 98, when I got married, that was pretty much my cutoff for comics for a good while but I love this series. I love this character. It was always something that I wanted to see. And just the insanity that, and and, uh, Eric Larson could draw a lady too. I mean, (laughs) we'll just put it that way. We'll we'll, we'll put it that way.
1: Uh, One of the other things I wanted to point out, the conversation between Frank and Dragon when he's in the hospital bed, like when he first wakes up, Frank is kind of quizzing him, like asking him who he is. Dragon, I don't don't know. You know, he asked him where he's from. I don't know. And like, There's a storm going on outside and I love the lighting effects of like occasionally the panels will light up with like, you know, lightning is brightening the room, you know, and uh, it gives it a really cool pace and tone. It's interesting. He asks him all these questions. Have you had how you got to this field? No. Do you know anything about your life prior to waking up in the field? No. And why is your skin green? I don't know. And then he asks, who's the president? George Bush which at the time was true. Right. <laughs> and, that's right. Uh, yeah, he's good. The the expression on Frank's face, like, whoa, you got one. <laughs> and, yeah, right. Uh, a lot of the facial expressions in this uh, exchange with this conversation are really, are really good. And then he asked him, who played Fred Mertz? And he goes, William Frawley, which I know that. <laughs> I said, that's a deep cut, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I knew that because I watched Nick at Night. Uh-huh. Time. Yeah. Uh, and Eric Larson probably knew that because he was older. <laughs> right. But, like, anybody under the age of 40, what does that mean? That's reading it now? I (laughs) mean, I just thought that was an interesting, like, that's part of the trivia. that. But Dragon knew it. Uh, But, you know, I love that scene with their conversation. And then the, the assault on the hostage situation. You see Dragon is shooting all these bad guys up, but he's not shooting anybody. He's just shooting the gun. He's,
0: yeah, he's, it's yeah. phantom
1: style from the, <laughs> he, he's just knocking the guns out of their hands until one of them gets a lucky shot in and shoots him in the eye. Then he blows that guy's leg apart, basically, <laughs> uh, because he's pissed. But yeah, I, I love that scene. Uh, and I'll go ahead and and uh, pick my panel, which will be from that scene, which is Dragon getting shot in the eye and his, his shades blowing apart.
0: Wow, let me pick my panel then. Uh, uh, Okay, so dragon laying in the field is probably one of the more iconic things that Mm -hmm. stuck with me through the series. So I'm going to go with that just because I remember that being brought up so many times. And it's Mm -hmm. it's a mystery. You know, it's like, uh, oh, a dragon, uh, you know, a dragon man and fire and uh, what's going on? Why is what happened? What could have possibly what could have possibly caused uh, a dragon man? I mean, (laughs) why does, why, why, why does he exist? Why, why here? Why now? Why is this, why is this field on fire? Why is he in the center of it? What happened? So I, and that's a full page, so I'll take it. Mm -hmm. I'll take it. That's the way I
1: like it. Did you ever find out Dragon's origin?
0: Yes. Uh, And I, I don't know if I've read it. I'm trying to think Mm. if I did.
1: The, The origin was a mystery for, The first, like, 13 years, and it was revealed in the Image 10th anniversary hardcover, which is where they brought back all the founding members that were still part of Image. Uh, So I don't think Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld participated, but there was a Cyberforce story, a Shadowhawk story. I think uh, McFarlane did, like, a text story that had a few images with it. not not an actual comic yeah um and then dragon there was the dragon origin story and it was supposed to come out in 2002 and like everything else with image pretty much it was delayed by like two or three years wow um and i remember in the summer of i think 2006 i went to florida with a buddy of mine we we took like a a week vacation in florida or maybe like a four-day vacation And we found a comic shop up there or down there. I knew the book had been released, but I'd never seen one because our comic shops locally did not get one. And they had it there. And I was like, holy shit, I'm going to finally (laughs) see the origin of Savage Dragon.
0: (laughs) Yeah, baby. Uh,
1: So I picked it up on my vacation and, and finally read it there. But yeah. Savage Dragon, dude, Eric Larson's a worthy
0: spot at number one, in my opinion, 100%.
1: Agreed. And, uh, one last thing I wanted to point out there, the 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 uh, last page, there's no letters page, obviously, because it was the first issue. Um, but there's a long you know, letter from Eric uh, talking about like all the comics he drew as a kid getting into the industry. He did some dragon. You know, this is the first modern Savage Dragon or first modern dragon appearance. But he did appear in some indie books in the early 80s, which is one of the very few key issues I actually own because I don't really I'm not like that's not the kind of collector I am. I just I think I I
0: know where you're going with this.
1: But a couple of years ago, uh, my buddy who runs a comic shop in town, they got a copy of Megaton number three. I think I can't remember the issue number, but it's the issue with Dragon and Vanguard fighting on the cover. um, Okay. from the early 80s. And so I picked up the first, you know, that's the first appearance of Dragon in, in a comic book or whatever, I guess. Uh, So I picked that up. That's one of the few keys I actually have. But he tells all this stuff about uh, all the characters, you know, he he created as a kid, made his own comics as a kid. And I really related to that when I was reading this because I was that kind of kid. You know, me and my buddies made comics all the time, even up through high school. You know, I was still doing it occasionally. So it was I felt a a connection to Eric Larson. you know, for that reason, he kind of details Dragon's adventures from his stories that he made as a kid into the graphic fantasy stuff and Megaton stuff. And a lot of that stuff that he details in the back ends up getting adapted as the, as his, he, he does his image version of Savage Dragon. Like he in, implements a lot of that stuff from when he was a kid into the storylines of of the comic as it goes. Uh, is really cool. cool.
0: And the other thing is, is that this, there's a concept here of the dragon book, which, you know, at the time when I'm collecting this back in 92, 93, I assume that Larson's may have had this planned out already. I don't know, but time flows in the dragon comic, like it does Mm. here, which is
1: great.
0: What a, what a concept.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool that it's always in real time. So, right. You know, later in the late 90s, Dragon ends up meeting uh, another superhero uh, that he has a relationship with. She has a daughter. That daughter is now grown up in the current, you know, she has a like the, the daughter's a little girl. Right. And now in, in current comics, she's a grown woman. And the current Savage Dragon is actually this dragon's son, Malcolm. I haven't kept up with the current uh, Savage Dragon stuff. I've got like a bunch of issues that I haven't read yet. I believe this dragon died at one point, and I don't know if he's come back yet or not. <laughs> I think I, I, think I, <laughs> I heard assume eventually thing. that will happen. But yeah, Malcolm Dragon has been like the star of the book for several years by this point. But yeah,
0: I remember that Larson had a house fire. Did you ever hear about that?
1: Yeah. He mentions that in this, in this letter at the back too. Yeah. He, about I think a year or two before image launched there, there was a, um, I think there were a lot of fires in Oakland or wherever he lived at the time and his house burned down and he lost a ton of his original art. He lost uh, pretty much all of the comics he made as a kid and stuff like that. So I was just
0: going to say he just shared something on Twitter, March 23rd, 2022. He says, my house burned down in 1991. Here's some original art I lost in the fire. Mm. And yeah, he's got like four. One is a cover of the Shadow from DC, number eight, Night wow. of the Mummy. Oh, I mean, this is all original art that got burnt up. Yeah, that's that is rough. Sucks. It really does, man. Well, all right, man, we did it. We have we have completed all <laughs> seven issues from the founders of Image Comics. Again, we're celebrating. What a run! Yeah, man, we're celebrating 30 years of Image Comics. We've got we we're yeah, and we're closing closing in here. Three minutes from now, it'll be four hours until we started recording. And <laughs> and here here's the thing, though. Um, Image deserves it. <laughs> uh, it. It 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 deserves Image Comics deserves praise uh, at least from us. We're piddly podcast people, but by golly, the, these seven people came together and changed comics forever. I mean, mm-hmm. you cannot deny that their efforts in 1992 to leave two of the most established comic well i say two i mean they left one but they also told the second one uh, you're, you're not getting us either uh <laughs> but you know it, to to set themselves apart from the big two like they did just on name alone was amazing plus all of the great things that they did for creators and giving them more freedom giving them more money Uh, more return on their own work is just uh, you know it's phenomenal it it (laughs) it really is if i could stay awake i'd do another four hours on the number (laughs) twos of the issues but i I don't think i'm going to be able to pull that one off
1: they shook up the industry a lot of the stuff that uh that came after the launch of image with um death of superman batman being broken age of apocalypse a lot of that stuff uh if you talk to like rob liefeld for instance <laughs> mm-hmm. uh that that all came out of competition you know trying to compete with the image guys cuz they were making a lot of noise they were selling a lot of comics you know w- when he talked about um earlier dc fallen number 3 that one month that that image was number 2 they did that with eight books yeah uh, that month That's they unreal. were number 2 whereas dc they were probably putting I mean they do 50 you know now so right, back dude. in the peak of the 90s they were probably doing closer to 60 or more so image uh, you know topped them in sales with eight books so it was it was kind of an earthquake for the, <laughs> the comic industry and a lot of people point to to image as being one of the reason the speculation boom and one of the reasons the industry collapsed a few years later but you know I'm not sure you can really blame those guys for yeah. You know, comic shops ordering too much shit, <laughs> right? But yeah, a, a, a big deal for me uh, as a young comic fan. It, to find new characters with creators that I was already a fan of, and and see them uh, kind of explode. That it was huge for me. I still go back and read a lot of that that stuff uh, periodically. Uh, it's it's. I, I had the same thing happen a, a year later with Ultraverse. You know, I'm a huge Ultraverse fan. Uh, anytime there was something. Uh, something new to jump onto. I was always, you know, first in line as long as the quality was there, and I felt like it was with with this stuff, uh, with, with Image, Ultraverse, and, and some of the other, a uh, new universe, and new characters from the early '90s when the the comic industry was kind of exploding.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go ahead. I mean, we'll go ahead and we'll get ourselves into the plugs.
1: Uh, yeah, I got a, uh, a podcast called Small Screeners where me and my buddy AJ uh, look at. Uh, direct-to-video and made-for-TV movies uh, we do that once a month uh, usually on the first Friday uh, of every month we drop a new episode so uh, actually doing an episode this weekend on the second Civil War Joe Dante movie from HBO from the late 90s Ooh. Uh, with, a, with a lot of cool uh, with a pretty cool cast so that's a, that's kind of what I got going on you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BrodyMan34
0: well, ladies and gentlemen, you can follow me at Stiznarkey on the Twitter, and, and feel free—absolutely, one hundred percent—go over and check out the Unspoken Issues podcast Facebook page. You can interact with us—you uh, know, the the uh, contributors here to the Unspoken Issues podcast, myself, Chris Armstrong, uh, Dean Compton. Uh, We're all over there. we got a nice little fun community just going on talking about 90s comics. Uh, Yeah, hey, we've got all sorts of fun stuff in the archive there. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us. Long live Image Comics. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us. Unspoken Issues is part of the UnspokenDecade.com, the home for 90s comics, blogs, and podcasts. Unspoken Issues also has a Facebook group you can join if you are interested. Just search the Unspoken Issues podcast and request to join. All of this would not be possible without W2Mnet.com and the Rattalich and Broadcasting Network, so make sure to seek them out for more podcasts. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please feel free to share, and we look forward to entertaining you again soon.